0: On this episode, I have one of my cool, really good homies, Nelson Taroba, and he's always just been, I guess, a mentor for me. He's been somebody that I could always lean on, and he's just kept it real. You know, he's just, um, he's an OG. So on this episode, I kind of give some background for how I know Nelson, and at the same time, we talk about ego. We talk about how he's been able to stay grounded in his process. So enjoy. Enjoy this episode, the first episode of Hooper Meditations. I was thinking back to our time in Las Vegas. And this is about three years ago and we were in the NBA Summer League just hanging out watching games. Yeah. And I remember, man, I was in school and I was just like, confused it was chaos i was frustrated about the process and i got to spend some time with you and just ask you some questions and you brought me a real sense of calm and acceptance in that you know we're all on a unique path Mm -hmm. we're all we're all doing what we need to do and it sometimes it takes time and we need to be patient but ultimately all we need to do is be the best versions of ourselves so right. my question for you is just how have you been able to stay so process-oriented without getting caught in the ego trap or getting caught in the status games?
1: Well, I think, I, you know, when I was young, I think I was just like any normal ambitious coach. I wanted to be a Division One head coach in, in college here in, in the States. I wanted to be a coach at the University of Texas. You know, um, I um, was, you know, I thought that, you know, the ego was there or the ego trap was there in terms of um, wanting to coach at a high level and, you know, wanting to, you know, be on a big stage. So I think that that was definitely always part of an initial thought process. Um, I think that somewhere in that thought process too, though, there was a desire to be at, at the highest level because I felt like that was the highest level of thought. That was the highest level of, execution of the highest level of engagement so there's there's parts of it so a lot of people get caught up in i want to be at the highest level because um it's it's going to let me be the most famous um i've always been more in tune to i want to be at the highest level because it's going to challenge me the most and it's going to require my best you know um so that's what's always been intriguing about that but um as far as avoiding the ego trap uh, the last thing I'll say, John, about that in terms of maybe why it may seem that I'm able to do that now is because uh, the two things that I wanted to do as a coach is a, in a career, you know, I wanted to be a Division One head basketball coach. And, you know, basically I got, you know, I got fired from the University of Texas, right? So, you know, as a young coach, special assistant, you know, they had to kind of change staff and do some things like that. But so I got fired from, the quote, dream job. You know, at the age of 22, 23, I think is what I was. So that was my first, like, uh, wake-up call into, you know, you can do everything you want to do. You can do everything the right way. You can you can chase your dreams and, and have the right mentality, the right mindsets. You could put all the time you want into it and have the noblest of intentions, and you could still end up losing your position, right? So there was a, a, a very harsh you know, reality that got set in right there. And then the second uh, example that fits in that same mold is when I was, from there, I went to become a high school coach and I went to ended up becoming, the the next dream job that I wanted was to be the head high school basketball coach at Dripping Springs High School, which was my alma mater. I wanted to be the head coach there. Um, And I ended up getting to be the head coach there, I think at the age of 26. Um, But then after two years, also uh, got fired. truth so uh that was crushing too because this is my my hometown this is my alma mater this place i grew up uh this place i care for i've been putting again a noble effort in um an unselfish effort and then i end up losing my job uh and again that reality of you could do everything for the right reasons you could do everything with noble intentions with great effort and you could still end up you know alienating the wrong type of person or you know um just making a, a decision maker uh feel a certain type of way and you could lose your job. So my point in telling you those two stories is to say if you're wondering why I'm above the ego trap, it's because my ego has been checked firmly. <laughs> and so so there is no more ego to have because the two places that I wished and wanted to be at both you know kind of brought me down to reality, and in a weird way, those were great things to happen to me because now, as a pro coach or wherever I'm at now, wherever I land, I know that I just need to be about that moment that that's that job, that teaching, and helping those players because it's fleeting number one and number two uh, i you know I can only control what I can, and I know that lastly, I know. The last thing that gives me peace, John, is I know that whatever happens, I'll land on my feet. Because I think when you're young and you, you're you worried about getting fired, you're like, well, sh- well, shit, if I get fired, then what will I do? What if I'm not a basketball coach? And so when I, you know, was got fired from Texas and fired from high school, I just kind of, and then I landed off. On- my feet several times I was like wow I can just I can do this I can operate freely chase what I want and know if it doesn't come true I'll land on my feet.
0: When you were getting fired it didn't seem like you were very bitter you know like you weren't really having a victim mentality and pointing the fingers and I'm just curious. Yeah no no I was. What you you were yeah yeah okay so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it was obviously.
1: Absolutely I was I was young uh, my, at Texas, I felt, you know, uh, victim. You know, at first I felt I've done everything right. You know, everything. You feel those things that everybody feels, or I felt them anyways. Um, at Dripping Springs, I definitely felt like I was wrong. I, you know, I was, you know, I, I'm not saying I was right to feel those things. What I'm, what I can tell you now in, in retrospect with the, the fog of, of all that past me is that I understand now, especially having been a decision maker now and and leading a program, that sometimes – the same with players. Sometimes there's a really good player that doesn't make it on a team or make it through training camp, not because they're not good enough, just because of a situational fit, you know, a personality fit, uh, a roster need. Uh, It could be a salary need, you know what I mean? At Texas, they said that they were changing the budgets and so that position wasn't going to be there anymore, you know what I mean? I know that sometimes I have to pick a player and some players don't make it because they don't fit our salary cap. Right. So there's, there's some things in there that you, you learn um, that sometimes you're good enough, but financial fit, cultural fit um, leadership fit affect, whether you can stick at a certain place and you could be, I could be the most, like I am the guy that was chosen to be the head coach of St. John riptide of the Moncton magic um i was chosen to be an assistant coach for the texas legends i was in high demand for one you know for these places but i also wouldn't have gotten a sniff at a hundred or two hundred or a thousand other places i wouldn't have been on the radar screen you know what i mean so it's just contextual you just gotta the more you do it the more you know that um you you know you could be in high demand in one place and you could be in low demand in another you know
0: So this attitude of being more of a victor than a victim just came through repetition? Well,
1: it came through hardship and, 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 um, you know, yes, repetition. And then just, you know, the confidence that comes from overcoming. So, you know, again, I landed on my feet. I ended up moving on to the next step. And eventually when you do that, you're able to get past the pain of failure because you're like oh you know what that you learn to make that part of the reason why you ended up where you ended up is because I failed here you know and I say this I wouldn't be able to be a pro coach now if I I mean I could easily be in my 15th year of head coach at Dripping Springs High School uh, right now and I would be I'd been happy and that would have been my career aspiration lived out just the way I thought I would have retired after being a 25 year High school coach in my hometown, and I would have been happy. But now I'm, you know, some people say, oh, you know, you've really made it. You know, now you're in the G League, you're one step away. You know, what a great story. Um, and it can be a great story. And, you know, I'm, you know, excited and happy to do what I'm doing and be where I'm at. Uh, but it never would have happened if I wasn't fired um, because it just made me have the ability to make a, a choice, take a chance to go to Bakersfield um, that I wouldn't have taken if I was the head coach at the high school job still, you know, I wouldn't have taken that chance. So just how it works.
0: So With all that being said, you know, what are some of your goals now? Or do you, do you have any, like what's your, your process just with, with goals? Do you believe in goals? Do you have goals?
1: Mm, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, it's going to sound really simple, but, you know, my goal is to deliver a fantastic lesson every single day that I hit the court with our players. And that fantastic lesson has to be great for that day, but it also has to fit into our grander scheme of whatever we're doing for, you know, the big picture of our system or our season. Uh, and it also has to fit the needs of those personal player those people in that practice that day um so honestly that sounds pretty easy or pretty simple but you know at the end of the day when I was in St. John and we'd have really tough losses or and then the legends last year we lose a couple games the only thing that keeps me my north star you know my north star is always like okay gotta plan practice tomorrow's practice has to be very good that's that's all we can do So if there's one thing that I'm always focused on, it's literally how are we building a great practice for tomorrow?
0: Where does this, I'm still interested. I I know you have a teaching background Mm -hmm. and I have a teaching background too, but Mm -hmm. I'm I'm curious, is that where it came from in terms of this passion for teaching and, and helping other people? Like where does that attitude of being a servant leader come from?
1: Well, I think it just comes from, you know, empathy, like in terms of me remembering my own path, you know what I mean? So when I was a kid, you know, I always really appreciate and respected the teachers and the coaches who took the time to take an extra, you know, chop at me an extra, an extra set of minutes, you know, I wouldn't be a coach, maybe as much right now if there's a coach named coach English, Jerry English at Dripping Springs high school, who was the girls coach, was a very successful coach. Uh, But he was a girls coach and he had watched me play for the guys team. And after practice one day, you know, when I was a senior and already graduating uh, just playing and shooting on my own in the gym, he said he was in his office and he looked into the gym and he said, Hey Nelson, you know, you, you have a second. I said, sure. I went in, he said, Hey, have you ever thought about being a coach? And I said, Yeah, actually. Yeah, I have. And he said, well, if if you ever decide to do it, I think you'd be great. And, you know, so him taking the time to do that, like, I mean, I, I might've chosen to do it, but he became a mentor for me and a guy who, who saw me in that light before I knew I could get there. And so I think sometimes that, that, that people, uh, you know have strong beliefs they have desires but sometimes you know teachers and mentors are the people who can see you doing things in a way that maybe you you wish you think you can get there but they see it before you can see it and they help you really believe in it before you know you can get there so that's been my experience uh, lastly I would say you know as a player I always love. you know I, I just really loved you know the coaches I was always a coachable guy so I always respected the coaches, and, and whenever they could teach me something that could help me make, you know, help the team or get better myself, I was always really excited. But at the same time, like, I, as I started to learn more and more about b- basketball, I realized, wow, if I had learned and had a teacher teach and coach me about these things when I was a player, I was the kind of player that I would have really ate it up and enjoyed it and, like, really lost myself in it. I used to think that running miles and lifting weights and playing pickup at, you know, at our high school, that's what our high school coaches told us to do in, in the summers. I would just run two miles a day, I'd lift weights, and then I'd go play pickup. And that's what I thought we did to get better. We didn't, I didn't do a lot of ball handling. I hadn't, didn't have a shooting routine. I didn't have, you know what I mean? So like learning all this stuff was like a whole new world where I was like, damn, I would have been the kind of guy who would have loved this. And, and for that reason, it's really engaging because, like, every time I'm giving those lessons to players, I'm thinking to myself, I know what it is to be a person who loves this thing. And, and I know that what I'm doing here, I'm hoping that it is it's, – it's hitting them in the place where they're like, this is exactly what I want to learn. This is exactly – I can see how this is going to help me get to where I want to get to in this game that I love.
0: Last question for you. Yeah. Back to um, instilling belief in other people how do you do that now as a coach
1: well i used to instill belief in other people by by number one showing them um the big picture you know how do they how do they fit what is the big picture how do you fit in this big picture okay number two not only how do you fit here but how do you you really are invaluable here in this big picture and and then now we'll break it down for you into a smaller picture about how do we get you better so that you can go in and out between these two rooms of big picture small picture how do we get you back and forth between these two spaces constantly so that as a matter of fact even when you're playing you can be in your space but see and feel the bigger picture so just letting people know having the awareness to know how they fit and how to improve their fit continuously um, and how to cut the clutter and, and, and distill down to, you know, the, the simple uh, is how you make people uh, feel confident and comfortable. Um, and lastly, you have to create an environment where, you know, it's, you know, not to be cliche or not to be an after school special, you have to create an environment where it's safe to learn, safe to ask questions, and that may sound, uh, it, does, it looks and feels different. You know, like I, I'll have a stern face. I'll be very, you know, focused during a practice and everything. Um, and it may not, somebody who's watching who doesn't see might think that I'm not like Mr. Body Language, Mr. Happy, Mr. Hey, let's, where's the questions. But I do believe that, you know, I, I, whenever a player asks or whenever a player does something that's not right or that's bad for our environment, we always correct it. And I think over time, people start to realize that that there's a play. What we do here, hard work is celebrated. Uh, Giving a shit is celebrated. Um, Getting better and being intentional about improvement is celebrated. And, you know, I think all those things come together to help a guy feel that their environment's safe in learning, you know, a growing environment. That the plan is sound and they can understand it for themselves, how to improve, and that they know how they fit with everyone around them
0: thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe because we will be posting episodes every single week. And if you'd like to see more, you can always go to Instagram at Hooper Meditations. Thank you.